Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the morning show. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. Yeah, that snow, it's not going away. Uh, could get some snow later this week. What? Yeah. It probably won't be shovelable, but it's um, gradually going to get warm as month of March goes on. Today, right now, 28, wind chill 21. Uh, cloudy in the morning and then clearing, maybe some sunshine this afternoon, and a high of 44 degrees. Well, we continue to uh, monitor uh, with shock, I think, the developments uh, related to the attack on uh, oh Ukraine. Yesterday, President Biden uh, banned oil and gas imports from Russia, and he said it's going to cost us more. It's just a fact. Defending freedom is going to cost. And it seems like um, Americans are willing to um, sacrifice to help the people of Ukraine. Yeah, well, yeah, you really have no choice. But yeah, no one wants to continue uh, spending money in, uh, in Russia. I'm turning my mic on. I got a little mic off. You want to talk for a second? Yeah, your mic's off. Yeah. yeah. I, look, we were, we were in Detroit late last night, so. Andy's putting his mic, uh, uh, turning his mic get on. That on so you guys can hear. He had little sleep last night. I did, apparently. little sleep, little yeah. sleep. So, yeah, a lot of companies are pulling out, including Ford, GM, Toyota, Volkswagen, Boeing, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, uh, Airbnb, IBM, Accenture, GE, MasterCard, Amex, Disney, Heineken, McDonald's, FedEx, UPS, suspending operations. So what's that going to do to the Russian economy? Well, what's going to do to the Russians? Uh, they won't be able to get a Starbucks, a Big Mac. Um, they can't buy dollars. I just don't know how anyone's doing anything. I don't know how anyone's paying their bills in either of those countries, what's going on, how people are going to work. It's just uh, absolutely ridiculous. Um, a uh, bill is set to likely pass the House today that will include a $1.5 trillion spending bill. Um, and, you know, how we want to know how is the U.S. helping? Well, $13.6 billion in that bill will go to aid uh, Ukraine. Well, here's something that uh, might help um, Michiganders and Americans. Uh, this morning, Speaker of the House Jason Wentworth and Senate Majority Leader Mike Shirky announced the legislation uh, is going to Governor Whitmer that would suspend the state's gas tax uh, for at least six months. And that would provide Michigan drivers immediate financial relief of, you know, to get the state gas taxes? Well, actually, Julie Alexander did a uh, video on it. It's staggering, right? It's 27 cents a gallon, actually. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, Governor Whitmer says, no, um, I'm not in favor of suspending the state gas tax, which to me is quite surprising. Uh, we have such a surplus in the state right now. But um, she's calling on um, Congress to suspend the federal gas gas tax. Which do you think is, is more, the federal gas tax or the state gas tax? I know, I know it's the state, that state yeah. because uh, our, one of our state reps, Julia Alexander, did a, did a cool video where she showed folks how much of, the, um, of what they were paying at the pump was going to taxes. And the people, uh, you know, you fill up 55 bucks and, you know, 12 bucks goes to here. It's, it's crazy. So. Yeah, yeah, 18 cents, 18 cents federal, um, 18 cents a gallon federal tax, 27 cents a gallon state tax. The governor says, I don't want to um, suspend the state tax. 
but I'm calling on Congress to suspend the federal tax, and she's joining five other Midwest governors in that call to Congress. And the governor is going to uh, Washington today to participate in the roundtable. But uh, how about suspending both? That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, has anything ever come out of participating in a roundtable? No. 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 That no. won't happen. Uh, you and I went to the great city of Detroit last night, mm -hmm. which uh, a Tuesday night in Detroit, and the Clampets. The Clampets go to the D. <laughs> uh, my mom was so, so focused on getting a photograph of the entire family, we were able to do that. Um, why were we there? Uh, because James had a chance to actually skate on the ice and shoot a goal for uh, his uh, Jaha team. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Here he is. Oh, I hope he makes it. He'll be crushed. Oh. Oh, he missed. <laughs> it was so close. <laughs> so what a lot of pressure. I can relate because I had to throw out the uh. first pitch at a Tigers game and it's a lot of pressure. Pressure was trying to <laughs> photograph that thing. Um, these were our seats. <laughs> you couldn't get Have you been? I was telling Brandon this morning, I said, if you take your son to a game, never go up there. It's, uh, I thought it was pretty dangerous. I mean, pretty dangerous. Like um, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, and then you, of course, did that. Yeah, yeah. I went down on the ice. Uh, Steve Eisenman suited up again just for that. You could have played last night. The Red Wings were um, awful, absolutely awful. They gave up nine goals. Um, to the worst team in the NHL. What I cool still place. can't name one player on either team, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you, every time I dipped my pretzel into the beer cheese they scored, I, I looked down at another score every single time. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was fun, but uh, quite the trek. Um, I will say this, and uh, God bless hockey parents. It is amazing what you do for your children. <laughs> the sacrifices yeah. that you make for your children. Now, I know we all make sacrifices for our children, but hockey parents? Oh, my goodness. So they did that last night. They have to go up to Grand Rapids for two nights uh, this weekend for the state tournament. And uh, I think then they're flying to Australia for the 6U Cup. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so. But it, it is fun to watch. It's amazing. You can try hockey for free. But if you yeah. want to play hockey. Yeah, you can try it. You can definitely try it for free. But uh, if you want to play it and uh, take part in all the fun things, it's a uh, million dollars a year. Yeah. Uh, the city council met last night and they approved a uh, new housing development that is going on a uh, corner that's been an eyesore for uh, quite some time. Corner of uh, Greenwood and uh, Wilkins mm -hmm. Street. They approved uh, the sale of two vacant properties. And on those two properties, I think they have to buy a, a couple more I properties. I think they have to buy about five more. Yeah, uh, a $13 million do project that is going to provide 51 units of housing, an apartment complex named the Greenwood. And that's where it's gonna go. It used to be a I'm gas awful. station. Over the, I don't even remember what was there before it was vacant land. It was, it was. To a, be honest with you, whoa, good lord, look at that rendering. Yeah. That's one of the best was, renderings I've ever seen. Is that where Ted Key's Sunoco was? I was not born. <laughs> um, I'm all for this, you know. I mean, this is, uh, you know, this kind of plot of land is. It's just like, like you said, it's just sitting there. It's kind of a pass through from one side of town to the other. Um, yeah, this would be. This would be amazing right there. Of mm -hmm. course, uh, it, would, uh, it would help 
beautify the uh, entrance and exit corridors to uh, downtown. And uh, wow, that looks big, doesn't it? It is, 51 units. And we know there's a need because we saw the three three ring binders thick with applications for the Albert Kahn apartments yesterday. Three binders. And those are fall. just folks waiting to those, that's potentially a get in. That's yeah. a waiting list. Wow. Yeah. wow. Here's a place you could live. Um, the Fisher Mansion in Detroit. This yesterday became the, the biggest uh, sale in the history of Detroit in terms of dollars. The Fisher Mansion sold, guess how much? Four. Um, well, tell me the acreage first. Well, it's, I don't know, it's just a big, it's just a big Even mansion. if it's an acre, just tell me the acreage. I, I don't know. 4.9 million. And well, the 4.9? 4.9 million. And that's a record? That's a record in the city of Detroit. Oh, in the city, okay. In the city of Detroit, wow. yeah. It was built by uh, Alma and Alfred Fisher. Look at that the, woodwork. Uh, Fisher body, isn't that beautiful? Uh, the people that uh, sold it, they bought it uh, five years ago for one and a half million, uh, restored it, and the guy that owned it was one of the executives at GM um, that got fired. The CEO of Cruise got fired. Oh, so you had to sell that's, uh, that's amazing, uh, putting that much money into a house and down. Oh, an indoor pool? Mm -hmm. I've always wanted an indoor pool. We don't know who bought it. Well, I bet uh, one of our guests knows, our second guest might know, as he is the uh, Detroit gadfly. That's oh. a nice indoor pool. It is. That's one of the nicest indoor pools I've ever seen. Huh. Very cool. I don't have 4.9 million for that. No. Uh, do you know anyone named Alexa? Not in my house. Well, there are um, apparently um, 130,000 people named Alexa in oh the United gosh. States, and they are mad at Amazon. So they have started this website in an organization uh, calling on Amazon to rebrand their voice assistant to a non-human name. And it's causing a lot of people like this little Alexa. Uh, yesterday someone was in a store mm -hmm. and they asked her her name and she said Alexa and the music stopped. You're kidding me. No. Really? Yeah. Oh, I feel bad. I agree with that. I think uh, Amazon should have come up with some non-human name for their uh, AI robot. Like Siri or something like that. Uh, yeah, Alexa, robot. that is interesting. Yeah. yeah, I guess I've never really thought about that. that well, would if your be, name's Alexa. Yeah, that, that can cause some problems. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, little kids, uh, there's 80,000 Alexas under the age of 18, and they're uh, subject to bullying. People are picking on them. And, uh, it does cause disruptions when someone says their name. Alexa responds. It's crazy. I don't like it. It's nuts. Hey, the Players' Championship starts tomorrow, and there'll be no Phil Mickelson, which will be interesting. Phil is on the uh, bad list. He is on the bad list. He yeah. is uh, He's in trouble. Um, he's, he's taking a step back. He is. He is. Um, and also, uh, tomorrow the Big Ten tournament starts. Uh, Michigan is the number eight seed. Does it start today? Oh, today? I'm sorry. Yes, it starts today. Is there so we, many? Don't, we don't play till tomorrow. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I forgot. The uh, the higher seeded games are today, and then Michigan, Indiana tomorrow. That's the eight and nine seed, and then Michigan State will play with uh, Maryland again, uh, a team that they just beat over the weekend. So I like uh, I like both teams' chances to advance. Is Rutgers still in the Big Ten? Uh, Brandon. Yes, that's confirmed. <laughs> that is, yep. Why? The New Jersey TV market that we're still talking about. Um, 
I guess. So, hey, let's get to our local scores for Extreme Dodge, Extreme Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, bringing you our scoreboard. And uh, check out their brand new oil change building. Get coffee, cookies, popcorn, relax while you wait. They even have Diet Coke in there, so sometimes I go just to get a Diet Coke. So the upset, right? East Lansing, they beat Western and knocked Western out. Western finishes the season with a 21-2 record. East Lansing will advance to play BC Lakeview, a winner by one Crushing. over Madawan. I think so many people thought Western was going to go a yeah, lot further. Yeah, I know. I know. Yep. It's, uh, it's that time of year, though. You just never know. Yep. And uh, East Lansing's a, g a good team, a team that Western had beat previously. Um, but uh, as we see so many times, it's hard to beat a team twice in the same season. Mm -hmm. Grass Lake, they took care of Columbia Central. Um, so they will advance to the regional final, and that's at Hudson. They knocked off Columbia Central 47 to 42. Much and closer score, though, I think, than people would have thought. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. Uh, let's see what's uh, on deck tonight for the boys district. Division one at Holt. Uh, Northwest is still alive for our locals. They'll play Holt in the second game. In D2 at Tecumseh. Western will play Onstead at 5.30. Onstead, undefeated. Should be a, uh, uh, that's going to be a heck of a game. And then Adrian Jonesville in the 7 o'clock. Hanover Horton will play Homer, Concord versus Leslie, and um, the winners will play on Friday. Division three at Michigan Center, Michigan Center versus Vandercook. Michigan For the third Center. time this season. Yeah, Michigan Center is still tired from their 5 OT win. East Jackson will play Napoleon, and that should be a decent game as well, despite Napoleon and Vandercook, of course, being the favorites on the collision course for that district final. And uh, that's on deck for tonight. Scores, highlights, um, news, everything on our website, jtv.tv. We'll have uh, folks out tonight, as we do every night, capturing those highlights and photos. The Jackson Chamber presents Women's Week all this week during International Women's Week, presented by Henry Ford Allegiance Health, happening right uh, now, all through Friday. Women's Week, a week-long celebration of the women in our community, highlighting some of the leaders that are trailblazing paths in healthcare, manufacturing, technology, education, entrepreneurship, and more. Women's Week includes daily virtual learning opportunities via Zoom, morning videos by top community leaders, a wall of fame to showcase women who deserve attention, and an in-person panel discussion featuring top female leaders in Jackson County. The event, sponsored by Henry Ford Allegiance Health, National Grid Renewables, and Don Foods. Learn more and register at jacksonchamber.org slash women's week. Today's show, I actually have nominated uh, quite a few women, so I'm looking forward to refreshing that page to see if it's been updated uh, yet. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at Wilcox Lawn and La Landscaping. It's, uh, it's that time of the year, start thinking um, about your lawn, your yard, your landscape projects. They provide complete design, installation, and maintenance of decks, retaining walls, patios, gazebos, and water gardens for Jackson and the surrounding areas. They also have this new, uh, great new building out on 127 and um, a plant, a little plant shop called the Lily Pad. So check oh, that cool. out as well. What was the uh, food you enjoyed the most last night at Little Caesars Arena? Uh, the Diet Coke. 
<laughs> and the licorice. I did have a Dearborn ham sandwich. Oh, that looked really good. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. good. How about you? Uh, slice of Mike's pizza. Mm, very nice. Very nice. Hey, we've got a great show coming up. Who's on today's show? Well, we have uh, the folks from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, plus uh, Detroit attorney and Jackson native, uh, Mike, Rilla, Mike, what's his name? I don't Mike know. Mike Riccadello, <laughs> uh, Kate Schwartz from uh, Kate's Art School. But uh, first up, Zoe and Angela from MDHHS next. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back to the morning show on JTV. MD MDOC is having a job fair in the Jackson area and it is a facilities open house. The MDOC is hiring officers statewide with openings locally. Get paid while you train. These positions offer competitive pay and state benefits. MDOC. For more. Joining us now on the morning show from the Jackson office of the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, Jackson Director Zoe Lyons and Community Resource Coordinator Angela Guadagnini. Welcome. Thank you. Thank Good you. Morning. Yeah, welcome back. Thanks. <laughs> so Glad we, to have a partner today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, March, it's International <laughs> Women's Month, so um, we salute women. Thank you. Thanks for all. Uh, Thanks for all your community. Do. Thank you. Yeah. But it's also uh, Child Abuse Prevention Month. In April. Oh, in April. We're getting a head start because we're going to ask the community for some help. We're gearing up. Yeah. Yeah. How so, can we help? Well, I'm going to pass it on to Angie because she's got some th exciting things going. Uh, we started last year in recognizing Child Abuse Prevention Month uh, by putting on a donation drive. Um, I asked some of our donor groups in the community and we filled our closet to overflow with all the things that we use throughout the year for families that are working with us in CPS intervention or in foster care. So we collect all kinds of stuff, cleaning supplies, uh, personal care items, um, infant stuff, diapers, wipes, um, all kinds of stuff that we use with our families when we work with them. Now, uh, physical, emotional, or, or sexual harm is, mm -hmm. is considered uh, mm -hmm. child, child abuse. I think mm -hmm. we all see a lot of neglect. How do we know what's what and when should the community make a call? Mm -hmm. Well, we always say if you're concerned about a family, call it in because you never know what other calls have been already sure. already made. Um, and we now have an opportunity to do something short of Children's Protective Services, um, which is called prevention. Mm -hmm. And actually, uh, these items help us uh, prevent child abuse by removing some of the stress that families feel when they can't afford diapers or formula or clothing or food. Um, that kind of stress then leads to anger and it can right. lead to the things that, that we're trying to avoid. So really just by giving 
families the things that they need is a way to prevent child abuse and neglect from happening. And so that's part of uh, what we're doing is creating, um, we have, as Angie said, we have a huge room in our office that is full of all kinds of things. Um, even toys and books and, you know, I'll see somebody in our lobby and, uh, and just sit and talk to them for a few mm -hmm. minutes, ask them if they have everything that they need. Do you need shampoo or deodorant or, um, and put together a little package for them to take with them just to, again, settle mm -hmm. some of that stress that they might be feeling. Um, so. There's a lot of stress. So mm -hmm. low income people might be uh, more apt to have stress that would trigger abuse issues, but mm -hmm. it's not exclusive to low-income people. Not at all. I'm so glad you said that. I was like, oh no, <laughs> he's heading down. No, it is absolutely not. Because stress isn't always only about things, right? right. Mental health issues, substance abuse issues, school, kids in school, trans transportation. I mean, all of us, uh, I, you know, I have three kids and everybody's had car trouble in the last couple of months. To the cost of thousands of dollars. Stressful. Yeah, mm -hmm. super stressful, you know. Um, and so, you know, just being able to handle those little crisis moments are ways that we can uh, can help keep families settled. Angie, mm -hmm. what are uh, some signs that uh, folks may notice? Maybe um, a, a classmate or a, a relative even, um, that there's some neglect going on? Oh. Uh. <laughs> What, what are, um, I mean, an example of some calls you get then? So, sometimes uh, people will notice that a child is wearing the same clothes for a few days in a row. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes people will notice that the child um, comes to school hungry, um, maybe doesn't have enough food at home. Uh, sometimes the child might say, you know, we're sleeping in our car. Mm -hmm. um, which isn't necessarily neglect, it just means that they, they don't have stable sure. housing, mm -hmm. which is something that we can help with. Yeah, I think that's one thing that's hard to, for the general public mm -hmm. or responsibility of the community because you don't know the entire story, so yeah. you can't just assume right. in these situations. So a lot of people just, unfortunately, they don't do anything, right? Right, right. So Zoe said that one of the things that we do is we investigate. Our, our staff investigates. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you have a question, it doesn't hurt to call. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. it, it just doesn't. And then it, it puts our staff in front of that family. And there might not be anything real significant going on, but just enough that we can kind of allay some of that stress and some of that fear and, and get them back on their feet. What's been the uh, pandemic's impact on this, the, the cases in, in terms of child abuse during the last two years? Well, we actually saw the cases go way down because mm -hmm. all of our mandatory reporters weren't seeing kids, like teachers, um, police officers even weren't seeing families as much as they were early on when things were really locked down. Um, our numbers have gone up a little bit as we've opened back up, but not to where they were before. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's some, um, there's some research now happening, like did bad things happen when we were shut down or actually did families come together? Right. And, spending time together and not, you know, everybody got a little bit extra help in terms of finances with unemployment or checks from the government, did those things help? So I think there's uh, still a lot that remains uh, yet to be told yeah. about how it affected families. Yeah, it might be years before we really ever know what's mm -hmm. right, right. actually happened. And there's probably a, a mix of both where, mm -hmm. you know, families had board game nights, but they also, you know, had 
trouble with Got money. Got tired of each other. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Just like a normal family. Just, yeah. just like yeah. that to the rest well, of us. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So again, how can we uh, help with donations? What's the best way to, uh, to uh, provide items or provide uh, financial assistance? So, so both is good. Um, I've got organizations around the community that will have collection boxes. Um, Flagstar Bank is one um, that has agreed to have a collection box. Um, and others, uh, we just got an email from uh, the manager for Veritas, Grand River Brewery, and uh, Dahlenbergers mm -hmm. that will be um, having collection boxes at their facilities. Nice. Um, so any new items, if you want to donate money, that can that can come to us as well. One thing I wanted to point out is the pack and plays. So mm. pack and plays are kind of expensive, so we don't get a lot of those. But I can tell you that we provided pack and plays to about 30 people this last wow, year. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And those pack and plays are used, we provide those to families when we see that there isn't a safe environment for a child to sleep. So we provide those and those are all donated um, with funds that are donated to us or actually donated for us. So yeah. that, that's a significant thing that if somebody wants to go out and buy a pack and play and put it in a collection box, that might be something yeah. that your office or your family group can collect some money and give to us for that's a, that's a pack great and idea. plays. There's yeah. a lot of pack and plays and a lot of closets around this town. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, real quick also, so uh, it, Child Abuse Preme Prevention Month is a blue pinwheels. Yes. So anybody who puts up a blue pinwheel, that would signify that they're supportive. And one of the things that businesses can do is we have a wear blue day, bring, give some money, do a wear blue day, and then the business can give that money to um, child, uh, the Council for Prevention of Child Abuse and Neglect, CP can here. Um, so there are ways that you can do it as individuals or businesses. Well, that'll be easy for you. You yeah. wear blue every day as it is. Now he's got to pay for it, though. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's fine. Gladly I will. And we're still in need of foster families. All the other things Always. that you yeah. 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 Great to see you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. April is uh, Child Abuse Prevention Month. So uh, we'll remind you again as we get closer to that, but you can start uh, planning your donations now. And thanks to Zoe Lyons and Angie Guardanini. Uh, stay with us. Coming up next, attorney Michael Riccadello. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back to the morning show on JTV. With us now is Metro Detroit attorney Michael Riccadello. Good morning, Mike. Morning, Andy. Morning, Bart. How are you guys? Good, good, good. So no court this morning. You were able to make it in, in for your TV appearance? Fiance cleared my schedule for me, thank God. Good, Because you guys good. called me yesterday. Michael uh, was recently selected as a uh, super lawyer, one of only 2% uh, of attorneys in Michigan receiving the distinction of 2022 Michigan Rising Stars. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Isn't that something? Yeah. <laughs> so you've, uh, you've really uh, kind of found your niche over in, uh, in the Metro Detroit area. Um, talk a little bit about kind of how you started your practice and kind of where you and your partner are now. Yeah, I graduated law school 2011. Well, you should start where you graduated from high school. 
I graduated from high school in 2003 from Lumen and went to Western Michigan University. Then University of Detroit Mercy where I met my law partner, Anthony DeMattis. I worked in bankruptcy for a couple years. Then I started picking up court-appointed cases, found my niche in criminal law, was working for a firm and said, I can do this. So Anthony and I started our practice and it's been five and a half years and wow. yeah. I'm still paying bills, so that's good. One thing I've uh, noticed just from talking to you, it seems like a lot of folks from, law, from your law school classes, seems like you kind of develop partnerships and a lot of people end up working together from those classes. In my circumstance, it certainly has been. I mean, Anthony went to law school with me. The guy who practices in the offices next to us was in our law school. Another woman, Pamela, she was in our law school, my best friend. I mean, it's, it's, it, it is amazing after 12 years, the, the relationships I've forged and maintained from law school. And yeah. I always tell people, you know, I, I may not practice that type of law that you find yourself in, I certainly probably know someone. Yeah. We were in Detroit last night, and one thing that you notice, you can't help but notice, the number of billboards for attorneys in Detroit. Oh, Most yeah. of them are for uh, uh, personal liability, injury. personal injury. Mm -hmm. Is there that much personal injury happening in Detroit? We saw personal well, injury, five be. cars oh, we in saw front of us. Injury. I almost threw your card in their window, yeah. Mike. <laughs> Two cars. Well, I, I do do some personal injury, but I'm not billboard status yet. Um, <laughs> The majority of my practice is criminal defense, but drive around on a daily basis, the amount of car accidents you see, yeah, there's certainly a need. And mm. a lot of times someone in a car accident doesn't know who to call, so they look up at a billboard and call. Yeah. Luckily, most of the um, billboards happen uh, to be over where car accidents. That's exactly so. right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, yeah. it's either medical marijuana that's or, the uh, thing. Or, yeah. or car accidents. Last night on the way to Detroit, you could either hire a lawyer, get medical marijuana delivered to your home, and those were really the only two options. Yeah. Actually, I, I don't think you can have medical marijuana or any marijuana in the city of Detroit. Uh, you can't buy it there yet, can you? There's I think the city still does, hasn't figured out their regulations. Yeah, I don't know. I don't live I there. Don't know. And I can't speak on that. I don't do the medical marijuana <laughs> stuff and licensing, but I'm sure Detroit wants it because it is a good revenue, revenue source. Let me ask you about um, the, uh, the Oxford trial and, and more and more is coming out about that with these crumbly parents. Um, Talk a little bit about that case, kind of what you see from uh, the prosecutor's office, but then what you also see with Figer, uh, you know, f suing the district and, and named staff there. And I don't know much about the civil aspect of it with Mr. Figer. Um, what I do know is that it's an extremely sad situation all around. I mean, and you were just talking about child abuse and neglect, and this is probably a case that would center at the forefront. Mm -hmm. um, it's historic in the sense that we have parents that are charged at this point. Mm -hmm. um, also, it's historic in the sense that they brought terrorism charges. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I live in Oakland County where this happened. I voted for Karen McDonald, Sheriff Broussard. One's a Democrat, one's a, one's a Republican. I think they both have done a phenomenal job. I mean, it cannot be easy having to get up in front of the media and explain mm -hmm. all this and all the evidence that there is out there and handle the community that they have. Um, 
that's just such a difficult case, and it's going to be something we talk about legal precedents for a long, long time, mm -hmm. as well as the magnitude of the case. Yeah, I think it's going to be a long road, uh, yeah. this whole uh, proceedings. Uh, you, I think, got into law because you were influenced from uh, family members who were attorneys. Yeah, I, I, my whole mom's side of the family are accountants. My whole dad's side of the family are accountants or lawyers. I got an accounting degree from Western Michigan, decided that there was no way I was ever going to be an accountant. <laughs> and I did an internship with a prosecutor's office in Texas and really liked the the courtroom and decided, you know, I want to go criminal law. I tried to do prosecution. Um, while it was rewarding, it didn't provide enough money to provide for my fiance. <laughs> <laughs> um, we just had uh, Sheriff uh, Gary Shooty, Jackson County Sheriff, on along with Under Sheriff Chris Simpson, and, and they talked about how um, folks are getting bonds uh, on cases that, you know, historically they'd never, never get bonded out on. Is that what you're seeing in, in your area where, and is that creating a little bit of a problem with criminal activity because folks know that they are going to get out of jail? Well, I'm not going to say, it's because I'm a super lawyer. That <laughs> oh I but no, <laughs> at the beginning of the pandemic, you were seeing where you were seeing people get a, getting out of jail on bond where historically you'd be like, how? Right. You know, and a lot, I understood that. We didn't know what was going on with, with it and they were letting quite a few people out of jail. I did sit in a bond hearing and hear an attorney, I, hear, I heard an attorney make a bond argument for a guy who's been in jail for 10 months on pretty horrendous charges saying he needed to get out because he didn't have his sleep apnea machine but he hadn't had it for 10 months, so mm -hmm. kind of. But yeah, I, 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 you do see people getting out of jail on bond for lower bonds that historically would have been higher. And that's because they don't want to keep a ton of inmates in jail and spread COVID. Yeah, I think that even was um, not just the bond, but sentences were reduced mm -hmm. and people got out of jail or out of prison. Um, early too. People were getting out of prison early um, because of COVID. I mean, mm -hmm. if you're if you were up for parole, they were kind of moving you to the front of the line. But we're still dealing with the state of Michigan, so things got lost in translation. You'd have someone calling you asking, you know, why isn't my person up at the front? And it's, mm -hmm. I, I, you just didn't know what the state of Michigan was doing, but. I think we're finally rounding a corner because mm -hmm. I'm starting to be in person in court more than Zoom. So nice. nice. I think we're on the other side of this. You mentioned the fiance. You're getting married. I am getting married. Congratulations. I she'll like this. It's May 28th. I get, last time I was on your show, I got the uh, date wrong. So now I have who, the who right is, date. Who is she? <laughs> Samantha Torberg, my fiance. Yeah, yes. there you go. Yeah. Um, now, you and I, we got to go to Hilton Head for your bachelor party. Wasn't that something? Yeah, yeah, it was fun. What was the highlight of that for you? It was nice to be standing there with your three best friends on 18 Green at Harbortown, a PGA course with the mm -hmm. lighthouse in the back. That was a really, really surreal feeling, being able to travel with your friends again and 
play mm. a cool golf course. He only had one of his typical golf course Michael meltdowns. Really? Yeah, That's where unusual. he didn't talk to anyone for three or four holes. That was one hole. <laughs> Banned from, uh, I think, just about every golf course in Jackson just County about. at one time. Just the one, about. The one I remember is Concord Hills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> the one specifically that comes yeah. to mind. To this yeah. day, uh, yeah. if the Sprigs see you, they they uh, walk the other way. Good thing you became a lawyer. That's all <laughs> I got to say. Yeah. Hello. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. It's always good to see you guys. Thanks, Mike. Uh, Detroit area attorney, super attorney, uh, Michael Ricardon. <laughs> uh, next up, Kate's Art School is looking for a future artist. We'll hear about uh, the program she has in a moment. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back to the morning show on JTV. Today's show is brought to you by Vermeulen Home Furnishings, now in their third generation of family being family owned and operated they take pride in helping people furnish their homes with comfortable brand name furniture at affordable prices thanks to vermeulens for helping us bring you today's show we're happy to welcome back to the morning show the owner of kate's art school kate schwartz thank you good for morning. having me good morning nice to have you back yeah in uh, beautiful downtown brooklyn how was uh the pandemic for uh, your art school well we closed down like everyone you know mm -hmm. for like I don't know eight weeks or something was what we were subject to I mean I think it was supposed to be longer but there was a point when I just opened back up because yeah. I wasn't gonna survive it if not and I thought if students come they come if they don't they don't yeah. but I'm surely going to die here as a company if I don't <laughs> do something. So, but I, we, that's also the point when we started offering retail, which was a huge component in like pivoting mm -hmm. our business. But it took a second to grow that. So yeah, it was on your website. You guys offer an enormous amount of art supplies. Talk yes. a little bit about what you guys have. Yeah. So. Our classes are drawing, painting, ceramic, sculpture, printmaking, and collage, and we try to sell everything that we use in our classes. So a lot of students really love our products, and I found myself always sending them to the art store for the right. things we were using, <laughs> and, that, and there was a point when I needed to pivot, yeah. um, as we were saying, and it just dawned on me, like, why don't I see what it takes to sell these things? Um, came up with some really great partnerships. We partner with Golden Acrylics, um, Speedball, um, Faber Castell, so we have some really great branded products in our store. Yeah, you probably felt like you should be getting a commission from all those uh, art <laughs> stores you were sending people to. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> kind of felt like that after a while. I well, there was one day where I was like talking about a ruler to my students, and this lady was like, "You could have just sold me that ruler, like, because right. I was talking about like the cork back and the flexible nature and the metal, like why it's important to have metal and not wood." They were like, "I could have just bought that from you if you had that in the store." And that was where the light, the light bulb went off. I'm sure that uh, your artists enjoy buying from you rather than uh, the, some of the big box stores, anyways. I do have very loyal. Yeah. yeah. So you've got uh, you've got a lot going on. Um, you've got classes really for um, all ages. You've got different different styles of classes. Let's. Uh, you brought a couple slides. Let's mm -hmm. let's talk through some of these. 
Yeah, so this is a monotype um, class coming up. So I should mention that all of the slides here are for adult classes. Okay. Our children's classes start in September and go all the way through May. Although we do welcome kids at this point, they are considered a late enrollee, so we're focused more on the classes that are upcoming sure. to start. So this is monotype, which is a printmaking class. It's kind of like painting, but it's a little bit more spontaneous. So you paint on like a sheet of glass and then lay down a piece of paper to pull. Kate, did you pick up some uh, some new students during the pandemic that were kind of just looking for a new hobby or, or something something to do during during that time? Possibly. Yeah. I mean, I had some. I had a lot of students who came back, but right. I did see kind of like a switcheroo in the type of clients mm -hmm. that I started to serve. So before the pandemic, we had a lot more. Um, older retirees and I was before the pandemic when China was still getting hit in the US wasn't um, yet and Italy was next you know mm -hmm. if you can remember back that far people's stocks were starting to go down and I saw a decline in my older clientele like they were starting to already like respond to that so I kind of knew to pivot and to work mm -hmm. towards kids classes and getting more like 35 year old parents who wanted to sign their kids up sure. rather than these retirees who were watching their portfolios go down. What is Hand Building 101? So that's ceramics. So ceramics, there's two categories within pottery and then there's sculpture, ceramic sculpture that is. So one is hand building and one is wheel throwing. And hand building is like working at the table. It has a lot of charm and I would say it's an even wider array of things that you can do um, than wheel throwing. Wheel throwing can be a little limiting because you are using one tool, the wheel, mm. but hand building can use a lot of different tools. So what you're looking at here is a slab built um, soap dish, but um, you know there'd be all kinds of things that you could do with it. So this is drawing from reference. This is a pen and ink class. I'm excited to offer this. I haven't offered a pen and ink class mm. before, but I've had a lot of interest in it. So um, we'll be working from photographs, and translating them into line drawings done with ink. There's that wheel. This is the wheel. Yes. So we do our wheel lessons privately. So sometimes people call and they want to do a class, but I actually don't believe that wheel lessons should be by the class. Um, so there's two wheels side by side, and I sit right next to mm -hmm. you. And so I show you a step, then yeah. you Can mimic ghost? the step next to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you see maybe some videos from some of these classes where it's huge and there's just stuff flying all over the place. And it, I assume that a, a beginner uh, would definitely need some, some help from You know, the, the wheel is not really a beginner tool. Really? No, it's actually quite advanced. So is it's it? really interesting to me that you see these beginners in these like group it's classes amazing. at these other facilities. Like I have no idea how they're getting any success <laughs> at all. I feel like I have to sit right there because it's so advanced. It's a more advanced tool. So oil pastel, I'm pretty excited about this class. This starts pretty soon here at the end of the month. Um, oil pastel is a very misunderstood medium um, because it works like a crayon, but in the end your paintings are more closely aligned with an oil painting. And the way that it works with being mixable, um, you can remove it, you can thin it with paint thinner. It is really more like an oil painting in the end. So but we'll it's be exploring a stick. that. It's a fine art crayon, yeah. It's a stick, but it's instead of wax, it's like oil hmm. based. What's your favorite? Well, personally, I'm a pastelist, not oil, just traditional pastel. Mm -hmm. So the soft pastel, not chalk pastel, that's a whole different thing. Are, you, pastel. are you the teacher for all the courses? I do. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, so I'm trained in all of it. Um, I went to school for visual arts education mm -hmm. 
and my I walked away like I took a long time to get through all of my program because I ended up concentrating in drawing painting and sculpture and so when I walked away or graduated didn't leave like that making that sound like I just <laughs> left when I graduated um, some of my first jobs were actually in sculpture and then I had to which is funny because um, every like it's so rare to find a teacher who can teach sculpture at all these places. Mm -hmm. And so like I was at Blue Lake Fine Arts Camp and Creative Arts of Tecumseh and um, like Tecumseh High School and like working in their sculpture program. And um, I really wanted to teach painting and so I had to kind of go backwards around through it. Like most teachers mm -hmm. start with painting and then end up in sculpture and I ended up on the 3D yeah. side coming back around. It's amazing to, uh, to have that skill set. I'm sure the uh, have you had uh, have you had students uh, kind of bounce around from class to class? We recommend it. Yeah, yeah. So all of the different mediums help each other. So um, it sounds backwards, but if you learn to sculpt, then you will be a better drawer hmm. because you're going to work in the three-dimensional world, which is going to help you depict the three-dimensional world. So here you can see on this slide, um, it talks about the different things that you should consider when picking a class. We only recommend three things. Um, the first would be budget, the second would be schedule, and the third would be interest, and that is all. Um, don't pinhole yourself into like, I'm a drawer, therefore I can only take drawing classes. Um, just look for budget, schedule, and interest because all of the classes will help each other. In fact, I believe and I do find this, that when people only work on one medium, like let's say they're, they focus in drawing, their skills cap quite mm -hmm. early, be, and they can never get, let's say, painterly with their drawings mm. or use a more interesting use of space in their drawings because they've only taken drawing courses. So take it all. That's Can awesome. anyone be taught? Yes. Really? Yeah. Um, it's You just have to want to learn it. Yeah. I mean, you can learn anything. If yeah. you have the mindset of I can learn things, then yeah. But you have to be interested in it. You I've seen some yes. people go to those paint and wine, wine and paint parties and their work is horrible. <laughs> well, this is not I would not, I would actually make the argument that that's not actually an art that's, class. That's a, that's a, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's a drinking party. Yeah. It's a thing to do. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a thing to do. Yeah. But no, yeah, I, you're, some of your art could hold up at some of those though. <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, this is, this is more advanced for sure. But yeah, I think, um, I think you should take a class. I, I know mom would be really good. You should take a class. I know. I, I would I would definitely surprise myself either how awful it was or how much better I thought well, I was. Well, a lot of times people come in and they say, like, I have no ability. In which case my response is, or have you just not had a teacher? That's it. There you go. Do you maybe just See? not know? Look we're signing, we're signing Andy up. Totally changed, <laughs> totally changed my mind. I love it. Your next student uh, at Kate's Art School teacher, owner, Kate Schwartz. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Kate. Thank you. Uh, we'll wrap things up after this. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back to the morning show. Andy, remember yesterday we were talking about the uh, beverage carts on the airplanes? You don't like them. I, I think they should be banned. Huh. But this is uh, an example of um, when turbulence hits a flight, the beverage cart 
uh, goes flying. Oh my and God, this poor man. Solid metal. It's a it's a projectile. Where's the attendant? She's under it. So yeah, this has happened. Every wow, yeah, wow. I mean, they are. Uh, I th I think incredibly dangerous. Watch this. Little turbulence here. See, I don't like watching this. See, I'm yeah. not. Why, why do we have to watch this stuff? <laughs> so stupid. Well, it Turn happens. this off. I can't. Oh, what airline <laughs> is this? <laughs> Holy cow. So I've been on a plane where you, that lit, like I'm doing where that lady is, is like, we're going to die. Just okay. give the people. Give Just them. please stop leaking fuel. <laughs> Ugh. They, that looked scary. Just give people a paper bag with it. Or, you know what? There's all those shops and restaurants in the airport. Buy your little thing before you get on the plane. Well, then, then you're getting price gouged. You don't want to. I don't think people should have to pay well, for those those things. The plane, the airlines cut the cost of the tickets. They are not paying for food on the plane anymore. So, and it's. I mean, really, it's it's the cookie and and four peanuts. I bring my own on the plane, and then usually the person next to me says, where did you get all that stuff? And I said, at my local grocery store, yeah. because you can bring it on the plane. Usually there's someone next to me that has a, like a bucket of KFC mm -hmm. that's just wafting throughout yeah. the whole plane. When we were, <laughs> when we were little, um, I remember someone brought a Sabaro pizza on a plane, and I, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. And then I remember the next time I flew, I made sure I had something that I could pull out on my tray and be proud of. <laughs> and uh, I sure as heck did that. I sure was it a Sbarro pizza? It was a Sbarro. No, they don't have that anymore. Now I don't. I don't. Do, I don't eat any airport food. That's it. Who's That's it. Tomorrow, tomorrow, join us. Antoine Breedlove will be here from Jackson College. He's the director of multicultural affairs and a new feature, twice monthly feature, a visit with Experience Jackson, and we'll be at the Holiday Inn and Kem's restaurant. All that and more tomorrow. We'll see you then. Thank you.